0: Hey, fans, before we get going, just wanted to send out a reminder that you can head to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds, where you can choose to support this podcast, or you can send us voice messages. We certainly appreciate either. So head over to anchor.fm slash Wolverine Sounds. Please show us some love. Now let's get on to the show. Is the Go Blue Crew. Hey there, everyone. Welcome to episode number 101 of the Go Blue Crew. Before we get into things here, I need to remind you that we are giving away a $50 MDen gift card as part of our celebration of our 100th episode, which happened last week before the Notre Dame game. Um, you can go back and listen to that one. That's where we have details about how to get involved we're looking forward to giving this one away um um by by the end of the the Michigan State game is that what we said Derek yep okay so by the end of the Michigan State game we will have somebody picked out and we will give them a $50 mden gift card i haven't been on mden in a while but i imagine $50 can get you like something decent right i think everything
1: but like the you know the players type stuff the players jackets the players hoodies the Probably the uh, yeah. Jim Harbaugh pullovers, probably a little bit more. But no, $50 mm-hmm. should get you plenty at the end
0: Well, another way to think about it too is the $50 could subsidize you. Yes. So you could certainly go above 50 and and 50 of it, fifty of it would just be on us, which is really nice of us to do, wouldn't you say?
1: I'd say absolutely. I mean, if you want, you could get the Jordan University of Michigan Mays Encore 1989 throwback jersey. It's three hundred dollars, but with the fifty dollars we're offering you, it'd be a lot cheaper.
0: Yeah, something that tells me if you're going to spend three hundred dollars on a jersey, you didn't need the fifty dollars help. But whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, we we will remind you later how to how to get involved in this. But Michigan beat Notre Dame in a game that none of us saw coming. I mean, if we're all going to be honest with ourselves. We were hopeful, of course, that Michigan would win. And I need to point out right away that I did not think they would win. This is the first time that I incorrectly picked a game this season. But to come out and play the way they did, to to win 45-14 in the rain, in that dominant fashion, nobody saw this coming. This was you know, some would argue like the most important, the biggest win Jim Harbaugh has had. At Michigan, a top 10 team, um, still waiting on that road success. But taking this for what it is, very impressive, season changing, I would say. Is there anything there you disagree with?
1: No. I mean, I just, not blown away because I, I felt like we all knew that and all hoped that this is uh, what Michigan could do. I mean, going back to last week, our 100th episode, um, I predicted them to win kind of with that thought process of if they look like they did in the second half against Penn State and they get out to a fast start, um, then I have confidence that they will win. Um, That's exactly what happened. They got up 17 points uh, and and really never looked back and and actually in the fourth quarter just really asserted themselves uh, like we haven't seen them do really under the Harbaugh era, uh, maybe outside of Penn State and Wisconsin uh, last year. But in terms of what this game means, I mean, obviously – huge it's not going to do much to to save the college football playoff run or it doesn't obviously do anything for the big 10 championship but i think it's just a game that harbaugh needed the team needed and i think honestly fans needed so uh very impressed uh, even though i was was leaning towards thinking that they'd uh, come out with a victory
0: so you mentioned that fourth quarter 21 points um seven of those came when the A lot of the backups were in Dylan McCaffrey threw a touchdown. It was nice to see him back. But the great thing about this game is that it was, it was four quarters of domination of, you know, it doesn't even matter if it was domination. It was four quarters of consistency, which has been missing from this team all season long offense and defense. There haven't been too many efforts from the first quarter to the fourth quarter that looked the way they did on a Saturday night against Notre Dame, that's the most encouraging thing maybe to walk away from. Like when you get past the score and like the adrenaline and how fun it was to watch that. And if you were there, I hope you had a good time in the rain. I'm sure that was a unique experience, but we'll, we'll look back on this maybe and think like, wow, that was the start of Michigan playing four good quarters of football which is, is something they haven't done all year. They didn't do it against Penn State. They had a really good second half, which we're crediting as sort of like the catalyst for what we saw against Notre Dame. But four good, four good quarters of football was the difference and the thing that um, I think we'll, we'll be able to look back on and, and recognize as the, the true turning point maybe of the season.
1: Yeah, one of the things too, I mean, the weather doesn't help. Both teams had to deal with that. Uh, obviously, one team played better in the weather than the other, but the the start wasn't even as fast, I guess, as as you think, because when you look at just the first quarter in the box score, it's three nothing. Uh, you obviously end up seventeen to nothing at halftime. Nora Dame scores to make it seventeen seven, uh, with five twenty seven to go in the third quarter. And I mean, there's a game, uh, and, and you think, okay, well, this is maybe where Michigan kind of slows down, and, and they gave up all those points to Illinois the week before. Uh, maybe Michigan lets Notre Dame back into this. The weather's calming down a little bit. And so it wasn't actually, I guess, the fastest start, but it was a better start than the opponent. Um, and it was consistent and continued. And that's what I like more than anything. 17 um, nothing on the first three possessions would have been nice. But again, the weather was a factor. But the fact that you get up 17 nothing, and then the fact that you can continue to unload, even if the last touchdown was in garbage time in the fourth quarter is what's really impressive. And so just like you mentioned, those four quarters of, of good football, dominating football, and really just making uh, Notre Dame look silly. Uh, and ruining any chance that they had of making the college football playoff has to feel good, and I think it's why it's up there as probably the best, if not one of the best, uh, hardball wins as he's been at Michigan.
0: Outgained Notre Dame 437-180, 23 first downs to Notre Dame's 12. Uh, here's, here's a shocking statistic. Michigan had no turnovers. In, in all of the games where you could pick, knowing the weather, like a game that Michigan would have a turnover, you would have to pick this one because it was terrible weather. It was cold and windy and rainy and they did fumble the ball a few times. I think Shea Patterson's left-handed lateral counted as a fumble, but didn't turn it over once. And I guess, I mean, that's just how it goes. Sometimes you turn it over in every game and you have all these, fumble issues and then you get out in the sloppy wet weather and and you don't turn it over whatever what did you think of of Shea Patterson the way he handled himself
1: you know Shea Patterson looked good and that's another talking about kind of a crazy stat Uh, you mentioned the turnovers and and to that I'll say if you would have said hey Michigan would have 15 turnovers or whatever the stat is uh, by this point of the season And I could see kind of what the weather was like and what the conditions were. Um, I obviously would have circled this game as, oh, they must have turned the ball over a bunch in that one. Um, But so to not do that was obviously huge. And then Shea Patterson's stat, six for 12, passing for 100 yards and two touchdowns. Uh, And so, yeah, outside of that weird fumble, whatever the heck you want to call that, um, he only completed six passes, but two of them were for big touchdowns. Uh, And considering the weather, I mean, we've seen a a very similar situation where a quarterback that will go unnamed um, threw like 50 times. And so when you you see that Shea Patterson, six for 1,200 yards, two touchdowns, you're just looking at a box score. You think, wow, like that's horrible uh, if you don't know what the weather looks like. But Michigan did what they had to do to win. They had 303 rushing yards and he was asked to throw the ball 12 times. Um, I'm going to go ahead and just say um, six of those was, were weather-related. Weather uh, the other six were on the money, and two of them were touchdowns. And, and the fact that he had two touchdowns off his of six passes in those conditions, uh, I mean, I think great. Right. And, and looking back to Penn State, um, even looking back to, to Illinois, uh, you look at how he's kind of played in the last three games, how Michigan's played offensively in the last three games, and you've got to give him credit where credit's due. Uh, you definitely hear less uh, moaning and groaning about him being quarterback, less rumbles about Dylan McCaffrey taking over, Joe Milton even. And so impressed that uh, with with the, the all he had to do to throw in, in the game uh, against Notre Dame that he was able to come up with that stat line even.
0: Yeah, and he uh, ran really well too. He used his feet well, which was going to be important in that weather. Defensively, Ian Book for Notre Dame never looked comfortable. Notre Dame was never able to get the running game going which you obviously needed to do in that kind of weather at least in the beginning to establish yourself um the lone touchdown drive that that was legitimate there was a touchdown in, in garbage time obviously but but in the third quarter you know there's that interception that gets overturned because of so-called defensive pass interference and and Notre Dame capitalizes on that to their credit goes out and scores other than that i mean it was just Lights out. It was nothing. Notre Dame couldn't do anything. It looked very similar to, um, you brought up Penn State last year. It looked very similar to that. And it, it also reminded me a bit of uh, the Penn State game, the second half. I know you know, they hit a, a shot play to, to K.J. Hamler, and, and that was sort of the the, the icing on the cake for, for Penn State. Notre Dame didn't have any of that. Um, a couple matchups they took advantage of that Chase Claypool is is a really good receiver. I'm not sure why they didn't target him a little bit more over some of these smaller corners and safeties, but, um, just overall, one of the best performances from Don Brown's defense. And it seems like we say this about every other week anymore, especially since, um, you know, looking back at, at that stretch last year where they dominated in those, um, the revenge tour games, excluding Ohio state, of course. Uh, But, but this was just a a dominating performance. And it it looked like the Michigan defense that we've become accustomed to. And maybe we've taken it for granted even, but when you, when you, when your only scores given up are, are basically because of a phantom pass interference and then, you know, late in a blowout, your, your backups give up a touchdown to a, a good team like Notre Dame, no matter the weather, that's very impressive. And maybe more than anything, gives me hope that Michigan can, can hang with anyone left on the schedule, including Ohio State.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of people will come out and say, well, you know, Notre Dame's the outside of Michigan, Notre Dame's the the best team at choking under the lights and in big moments, primetime national television. Uh, but the reality is Notre Dame... Uh, I uh, was hanging with Georgia, who, yes, also suffered a loss. Um, They have NFL talent all over their roster. There will be guys playing on Sundays. Uh, and Michigan was just the, the better team Saturday night. Took advantage of, of the weather, took advantage of the home field advantage. And, and obviously, I mean, a, a win's a win. And when you can uh, route your rival like that uh, and not play them again for 14 years, I mean, you've got to be feeling pretty good about that.
0: So are we in agreement that this was the most important win for Jim Harbaugh at Michigan
1: yeah uh, I'd say because of the timing absolutely uh, the the environment uh, I think even being able to compare it to some other monsoon games uh, where Michigan didn't fare so well thinking about two years ago um, when Michigan State came to town and I just think that just you know the the way the season's gone and, and been disappointing uh, with the uh, getting blown out by Wisconsin and not having enough to fully come back against Penn State, I know it doesn't have uh, any meaning for the the Big Ten um, conference, but just the the timing of it and the, the importance of um, Harbaugh getting this win, uh, you've got to hope that it leads to to more. Um, I think Michigan's a team that uh, could can remain hot as the season presses on. Got some opportunities coming up uh, against two more rivals, obviously, and so I think that this will carry them. Uh, through uh, at least to get to the Ohio State game and then I guess we'll see uh, which team shows up from both squads then but uh, yeah I mean this is this is probably the most impressive hardball win uh, since he's been at Michigan.
0: What win would you compare it to up to this point like um, just in terms like you said the timing what it means for the program that kind of stuff what would you compare it to?
1: So I feel like you could compare it in a couple of ways. You could say the the game that was most comparable or the game that was most important, um, the a game that felt most important at the time. So I'll actually go all the way back to uh, Michigan's win against Florida um, in the Capital One Bowl where Harbaugh and, and Ruddock came out and they just dominated the Gators. And looking back, obviously, um, that, that doesn't maybe look at like the most important win, but it was one of those games where uh, Michigan obviously had uh, big plans, and in year one under Harbaugh, and and the hype train was already rolling. And you come out, and you don't start the season like you wanted to. You lose at Utah, uh, who's gotten really good since then. You you win quite a few games, uh, including blanking teams like BYU, Maryland, Northwestern. Uh, lose to Michigan State. Lose to Ohio State, of course. Get blown out, and so you come out against Florida. And sorry, it was the Citrus Bowl. I get all get all the Bulls mixed up when when they haven't played an important bowls lately.
0: Oh my gosh, um, you're fine.
1: And uh, you win forty one to seven. It's kind of that wow, like this is what it could be. Um, and then you move forward to, to twenty sixteen, a a team that had a lot of talent, had a lot of opportunity, a team that people were definitely thinking uh, would win um, the Big Ten, could win the Big Ten, could make it to the playoff, and they lose last second at Iowa, uh, you lose and double overtime against Ohio State, and you lose by one against Florida State. So, and then, I mean, you go to the next year after that, everyone knows the story. I mean, things just kind of fall apart. So this feels like that Florida win, but instead of, you know, kind of having that 2017 slump season, it feels like this is momentum that is legitimate, and this is a momentum that will actually carry on throughout this season, hopefully throughout bowl season, and then Obviously, you got to hope into the future, and so I'll compare it to that because when I when Michigan beat Florida in that way, I mean we're still excited. Harbaugh's new, and you think, well, this is what could happen. Um, and I feel like we're back at that stage where you've got two losses, you don't have a whole lot to play for in terms of um, the really important stuff. But hey, man, you keep recruiting well, and you you keep winning games like that. Um, I think honestly, the only way you can go up is up for Harbaugh. I mean, he's what two and whatever, and top ten. Matchups now. Now we're against top ten teams, and so hopefully this is the one that uh, propels them forward, and we can finally look back and say, "Hey, that was the game where where Harbaugh really turned things around."
0: So I'm going to go back to that first season. Also, it's the BYU game, the fourth game of the season. BYU is ranked number twenty two. Michigan was unranked. Um, they they lost to Utah first game of the season, and then beat. Oregon state. And, and I want to say like even maybe, uh, games that, that wouldn't catch most people's attention, but then they're playing a ranked BYU team beat them 31, zero. That's the first of three straight shutouts include, I forget the other team, but they, they also shut out Northwestern. It was also ranked. Yep. And the reason I picked this game is because up till that point, there were a lot of questions about what that team really was because you saw them lose to Utah and then you saw them beat two lesser teams. And you're like, I guess, I mean, that's pretty much what we expected. Is this team going to be good? Is this going to be a struggle season where Harbaugh tries to scrape something together in his first year and then move on from there? That was a sign of great things to come. And we're kind of, we were kind of in the same situation this year where there were a bunch of questions, even this late in the season, about what kind of team Michigan truly has, and of course, you know they haven't played a game after uh, beating Notre Dame, and so all of this could be shot to hell by the time um, this by the time next Wednesday rolls around, and and we're, maybe we're looking back like what happened against Maryland, but that's why I'm comparing it to BYU because there were questions going in that were answered in the affirmative for Michigan. So speaking of of going forward, um, are are you concerned at all that? Michigan has a little bit of a relapse against Maryland maybe not even a loss but something that brings back old tendencies and worries and you're like oh boy I hope this isn't here to stay
1: yeah I mean just because what we've seen throughout most of the season I mean there's been um, against Illinois I mean you you find a way to to let them score 25 unanswered or or whatever it was against Iowa even you find a way to win but uh, you don't get much going offensively Wisconsin um, Army, I mean a team that you should have beat. Uh, I feel like you you p- might see something that that makes you say, oh boy, like here we go again or maybe that uh, just a magical night against Notre Dame but I think ultimately as long as the end the result ends up being like that Illinois where you slip up but you still win 42 to 25. I think that they'll be okay moving forward. It's the games like Michigan State and Ohio State where um, I think that's a bigger concern. Um, because you know, now you're talking about Harbaugh looked good against Notre Dame, looked good against Maryland, but somehow lost to a Michigan State team who already has four losses at this point of the season, and so that's where I'd I'd look and say, okay, that's where I'd really start to to hear the rumblings again and and be concerned. But I think they'll take care of business at Maryland, and hopefully they do it in dominating fashion. It would be nice to, like you said, with that BYU where you rattle off two dominating wins after that. It'd be nice for for Michigan to just truly dominate everybody up into Ohio State uh, because the team that looked – or the team that showed up against Notre Dame and the team that showed up in the second half against Penn State is a team that should dominate Maryland, Michigan State, and Indiana.
0: Yeah, uh, Michigan's a a 21-point favorite – going into this Maryland game, at least as of right now, this is Wednesday evening. Um, Of course you can't take anything for granted, but I think the next opportunity for us to learn a lot about Michigan is against Michigan state, not just because it's a rival, but because they're coming off of a bye week and Michigan is sort of notorious for not taking advantage of those bye weeks at least, you know, with the the on-field product, you would never guess that Michigan actually had two weeks to prepare for that game we saw that against Wisconsin. I would be pretty concerned if we saw that against Michigan State because that's one of your chief rivals. Uh, the Spartans are not very good this year. And you know you're still looking at an outsider shot of maybe going to Indianapolis. I I don't I don't say that as like a um hoping against hope kind of thing, but you can as a player, as a coach, you know, being part of this team, you you can definitely still convince yourself that you're playing for something. You just need a little help. So really quick, just before we leave, uh, your expectations for this season dramatically improved, or are you waiting?
1: Still waiting, uh, just because at the end of the day, it is one game uh, against a good team, sure. Uh, But you got to go on the road two more times, luckily not challenging environments. Um, And so I think that it's hard to I mean, it's the reason I brought up the Florida game because we all know what happened after that route of Florida uh, 2015, January 1st, 2016, whenever it was, is Michigan went on to do ultimately nothing. In um, the Big Ten, nothing uh, college football playoff related. And so, again, this is a season where you can maybe hope that the things fall Michigan's way and they win out and then Ohio State gets beat by somebody else or whatever needs to happen. But I think my expectations are more where they uh, were at the beginning of the season. Um, thinking that Michigan would beat every team uh, until Ohio State. Uh, But, you know, I I am a little bit more excited and a little bit more eager to see uh, what this Michigan team that we saw on Saturday uh, can do because I think that the product that we saw on the field is more of what we were hoping to see uh, and and likely more of what we will see moving forward. And so I guess my expectations have risen, but not to an uncontrollable or unrealistic amount just yet.
0: Okay. Probably for the best. Uh, Another reminder, everyone, you can head over to our 100th episode. This is 101. So just go one back. It's not that difficult. And that's where you'll learn how you can get involved in a $50 MDEN gift card giveaway. We're celebrating our 100th episode. I thought that whole episode was just really great. We had a little bit of time to reflect on what 100 means to us and the fact that podcasts uh, seem to come and go, especially around big time college sports, but we've been here for a minute. We've been doing this for a while and, and we're kind of proud of that. So uh, we want to share in that glory, I guess, and and subsidize or or buy somebody something from from the Mden store, which we understand is kind of kind of expensive, but it'll be fun. And and you know we hope that uh, we hope that whoever wins and gets something that they can really appreciate and, and I'll feel a little better inside. By myself as a person, I've been needing that lately. I need to do some good deeds. This will this will be my good deed maybe for the the end of 2019. But
1: I was for a second there, I thought you were going to say for the decade. No, which no, also no. which also ends pretty soon, obviously. It but. does end
0: soon, but I will do another good deed before the end of the decade. I promise, Mom. I promise I'll do another good deed before the end of the decade. So thanks for hanging out with us. Uh, hopefully, Michigan beats up on Maryland this week, and we can really start to believe in this thing. So go blue.
1: Go blue.